and and we're live for episode seven of Slap Happy, Slap Happy Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My name is Civilian. I am your host. I'm your host with the, you know, with a fair bit, probably not the most, but I got a little bit, you know, probably not the host with the most, but I got a little bit, you know, so that's kind of cool. Anyway, I'm here with a uh, an episode on trading, my trading journey. So um, for ev- everybody out there that doesn't know, I trade on the ASX for a living. I, I'm what's called a day trader, an intraday trader, or a scalper. I basically make short-term trades, uh, many of them in a day, and I make a living off of it. And uh, I don't hold anything overnight or long term. I just kind of, I'm in and I'm out. Average hold time is like, you know, maybe 90 seconds to five minutes kind of thing. Like I don't hold for very long. Now, <clears throat> the reason I'm making this episode is because uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a, a little bit of a Twitter community, I would say, a little bit of a Twitter following, people that, um, you know, I converse with on a day-to-day basis about trading and I thought this would be a nice little episode for them to kind of uh, hear about my trading journey and my come up and, you know, the ebbs and flows of it. And also for everybody who isn't in that community, um, who's, you know, more more so a fan of my music, um, just to kind of, you know, get to know a bit more about me and what I do and, um, you know, just kind of another weird element of my life, uh, which is trading. So anyway... Uh, I'm going to get straight into it. I basically, I'm going to cover um, the, I'm going to quickly cover a, a little bit of a storyline, a timeline, sorry, of, you know, where I started and how I got here kind of thing. And then I'm going to dive into a bunch of questions from uh, some of the people uh, on my Twitter, in my Twitter community, uh, which will obviously go into more detail and will be like a little bit more specific and technical about some of um, those sides of trading. So anyway, this story goes back to like my my story goes back to starts in 2009. So I'm working at the casino in Sydney. Got myself a little job. I'm 20 years old, whatever. Walking around the casino, I'm doing 4 a.m. starts and I'm dealing poker. So I'm walking around the cafeteria and uh, I'm not sleeping a lot. So I'm a little bit of a zombie. You know, I'm walking around. I'm, I've got my hands out. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm walking around, you know, doing my little zombie thing. And uh, I spot another little dude also doing his zombie thing. He got his hands out. You know, he's doing his zombie thing too. And uh, he seemed all right. He seemed all right. So I said, hey, you know, sub G, don't get a little zombie action going. And, uh, you know, that's how we hit it off. There wasn't a lot of um, super friendly or super normal people in the um, casino staff cafeteria at 4 a.m. He was, um, you know, <clears throat> he was one of the better picks, let's put it that way. And uh, we became friends. So we started a friendship as human beings. We interacted and went out and got drunk and did all those normal friendship things. And um, yeah, we kind of just stayed in touch. Anyway, fast forward to the beginning of 2018 and he comes back from uh america and he says to me i think in may or june of 2018 he says to me hey do you want to learn how to do this thing that i'm doing for a living called trading 
Anyway, I said, yeah, let's do it. Anyway, his name was, uh, is still Nicholas Fabrio, uh, otherwise known as Longhorn Capital. Um, to my brother and my family, that guy who always wears boardies and thongs, like literally everywhere he goes. <laughs> um, yeah, but to everyone on Twitter, he's Longhorn Capital, really, really talented trader. As you all know, he's uh, one of my best mates. And he said to me, um, you know, he, I, I was playing uh, PLO, Pot Limit Omaha, semi-professionally. I did it kind of like to make money to live off of. And I did it okay. I did it. I played one three live PLO at the casino and I did it reasonably well. And he saw some of the similarities in um, PLO and uh, poker. Uh, sorry, PLO and day trading. And he said, I reckon I could teach you how to do this. So offered me uh, a bit of a mentoring tutelage, uh, you know, offer, I guess. And um, I didn't have a lot going on in my life at the time, so I took it up. Uh, and I got a really good deal. So, you know, before I continue on with this story, I just want to say that uh, I'm very, very, very blessed with the fact that Nick decided to offer me his help um, in more ways than one. Uh, he's helped me in every single aspect of what it takes to start day trading. And I have been very, very blessed. Okay, I'm very, very thankful and I do, I do not understate that at all. Um, he's shown me everything and he's guided me through some incredibly difficult spots and, um, you know, shown me, uh, kind of guided me through some stuff that, you know, if I was doing it by myself or I was learning by myself, uh, I may not have got through. So um, I definitely do not overstate that. I'm very, very blessed and I'm very, very lucky to have him in my life and to have taught me what he has taught me. With that said, when he came to me with, you know, do you want to learn how to day trade? I didn't even know how to spell ASX. I I had zero idea or context on, you know, what trading was. I was an artist. I was an artist. I was an artist, you know. And uh, I just didn't know anything about that world. You know, my financial literacy did not exist. I was broke as shit. I was in debt. I... I was jobless. I was living at home. Like I was, you know, I was not the um, prime candidate for a, you know, financial position. But, uh, you know, Nick saw what he saw and he thought I could be good at it. So he said, you know, let me, let me show you. So he started showing me and, um, you know, I took him up on it and, uh, you know, he started teaching me little bits here and there. And in 2018, August uh, 24, I put my first live trade on. We funded the account. I put my first live trade on and it was a, a short QUB, uh, 5,000 units. Tried to get in the match but missed. Got lifted. Went two ticks against me before going five ticks in my favor. I took $250 out of it and I thought, bloody hell, this is the best. I, I'm so good at this. Um, I didn't think that but I thought, fuck, this is pretty cool. I'm sitting in my you know room and I just made $250. Like, fuck, what, you know, what, what is the potential here? Um, now, from there, I, I, my first full trading month was September. I made $200.11. So, you know, not, not exactly the ascension I was looking for, but uh, it was not too bad. So, yeah, as I said, I'm living at home at this stage. I don't have uh, many overheads. I have personal debt, um, but, uh, you know, I don't have that many expenses. So, 
making not that much money in the beginning. I'm doing this full time in the beginning. Uh, I, the aim is to do this full time. So I'm doing this all day, every day. And the aim is to go like, you know, make a living off of this, but not making a living off of it in the beginning was okay because I was living at home. I had lower expenses and stuff like that. Um, so by November that year, so a couple months later, uh, I put together 1.4K uh, in the month. So pretty happy with that. Um, February rolls around. I'm really beginning to find some consistency and I put up 4K for the month, a bit over 4K. So I'm starting to find my groove. Um, I really start to hit my strap, per se, straps, and I really start to um, hone in on my edge and carve out my edge in April and May where I put together 5.5K and then 6.8K in back-to-back months. And more impressive than that, I'm like really, uh, I'm cutting losers quickly. Like I'm trading specifically match uh, scalps. Uh, I'm cutting losers quickly and I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I've got this real narrow focus on, you know, if I'm going to take a loss, it's only going to be one tick loss. Ideally, I get out for scratch, but I'll take a one tick loss kind of maximum. So I'm really cutting losers and I'm, and I'm you know, I'm not hitting big home run wins, but, you know, I'm keeping my losers small. In the middle of June, uh, I made the super wise decision to move to Melbourne. Um, even though I'm still not, you know, really crushing it trading, uh, because, you know, I'm not pocketing all of this money. Me and Nick have an arrangement uh, where, you know, I'm not pocketing all this money. So, you know, I'm pocketing a fair bit, but I'm not pocketing all of it. Um, and, you know, I probably wasn't making enough to justify, uh, like, moving out of, you know, moving down to Melbourne because uh, that, that that move soaked up a lot of, a fair bit of cash, like, to be honest. Um, so, in the middle of June, we moved to Melbourne. and. Uh, that would be the end of my first financial year of trading where I net uh, 21K. The next three months, July, uh, sorry, yeah, June, July, August, I put together only eight grand. Now, um, as I said, you know, living at home, all these extra overheads, still a lot of personal debt, eight grand's not enough. So after a lackluster August, which was earnings season and a pretty shitty start to, September, I decided I need to get a job. So I went and got a uh, part-time job just uh, doing bar work. Uh, I decided that, you know, trading is what I want full-time or, or like, you know, in the future. But I, I, I'm just, I'm not getting it. Like I'm kind of like, you know, the, the, the financial constraints were putting stress on me and I was making trades based on money, not on whether it was a good trade or not. And that is not a good position to learn or to excel in. Uh, so I would say for anybody out there who's in a similar situation where you're trying to make this happen, whether it's trading or another side hustle, do whatever you have to do to keep it afloat. One thing I say, well, or one thing I've learned in over the last you know, couple of years is um, you just got to stay in the game because eventually if you're, if, you're, if you're consistent enough and you want it enough, it'll turn around. So I went and got me a little... Uh, you know, part-time casual kind of bar job at night so I could keep trading during the day. Um, and yeah, that kind of sucked uh, at the time. Like I'm not, I'm not going to lie, the, the, the four and a half months that preceded that from, from mid-September to the end of January kind of thing were some of the hardest months of my life. Um, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, I was totally, totally strung out. Uh, I was working all night at the bar. I was working all day trying to make trading work. 
in the in the middle of that, I tried to maintain my friendships with my brother and my and my mate Curtis. I tried to maintain my relationship with my girlfriend. I tried to work on music. I tried to work on my health, and it just wasn't happening. I was everything was kind of failing. Everything was failing, and um, uh, you know, like my my health was really suffering. My mental health was really suffering. I had a couple of days, uh, I think, in December where uh, I had to take myself to hospital because I was shaking, had heart palpitations. I was drinking so much Red Bull and modafinil, having modafinil to get me through the night uh, that I was, you know, just like my whole body was just struggling, you know. Uh, I was short on sleep. I was eating poorly. I was, you know, just everything was fucking, you know, really stretching me. Um, So yeah, when it got to like kind of, you know, mid-January, I I basically turned around to Fabio and I said, man, I, I, I quit. I can't do this. My my health is suffering. My relationships are suffering. Uh, I'm not getting this balance right. I'm just not doing it. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Um, and he said, yeah, fair enough. Like, do what you got to do. I want you to be happy. I want you to be successful. And uh, if you got to quit, then then quit if that's what you need right now. You know, he said, uh, you know, I'm um, it's a little disappointing because I know you're so close to getting it. But if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. Anyway, I um, took a few days off kind of worked on my health I, I i worked on music and then uh one day i just opened the screen to kind of like watch the open and uh i see a setup that i like and i put a little trade on you know made quick 300 dollars, and i said i can do this i, I just I, I i need to i wasn't getting the balance right you know i wasn't getting the balance right in my life and everything was suffering so i needed to figure out a better way to do it so i went to my boss at the end of january right before earnings in february this year, 2020, and I said, um, I need to work on my side hustle every single day throughout this month. So could I please work at the bar only on the weekends just to pay bills and stuff? And she was, you know, gracious enough to say, yeah, go for it. Uh, and and that was cool because it allowed me to focus on trading again and it allowed me to keep, keep the bills flowing in, uh, keep the bills getting paid, sorry. So I did that and... Uh, I, I I would do like, you know, 7 a.m. to maybe 4.35, normal trading hours kind of thing. And then I would work at the bar on the weekend. And it, it was a perfect uh, combination because I was able to pull uh, seven and a half grand out of that February. And and all of a sudden, I, you know, I got a second wind and I was like, okay, fuck. All right, let's go again. Let's go again. Um, and the lockdown came, COVID came. Uh, I lost my job at the bar. Uh, I think in the beginning or middle of February. And, you know, that part of it was like kind of not amazing. But at the same time, I kind of thought, all right, well, this is kind of like an opportunity to just really focus in on the trading again and 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 just nail this and get it right this time. You know, make make sure this is the, this is the, uh, my last attempt and I, and I nail it this time. Um, so throughout March, April, May, this year, I managed to put 25K together. I think it went like four and a half, 15, four and a, five and a half or something like that. Um, and I really started to find my groove again. And I really started to feel good again. Um, in June, I had a breakout month. I, I put together 42K for June. Uh, that was really off the back of the beat. Buy now, pay later shit going crazy. Web going crazy. Just all, you know, just... The whole world's going crazy. So obviously the ASX is going crazy as well. Um, 
So I had a, you know, I had a breakout um, month in June and, uh, you know, the the standout day being, I think the Friday the 19th, I did like 12, 12 and a half K in uh, SPT when that thing just went bonkers. I traded it each, you know, every which way. Uh, and I ended up writing in my journal that day, uh, today I became a, today I became a tape junkie because I just traded that thing like a fucking demon, like up, down, left, right, back and forward. And I just kind of like, I was just scalping it. Like, you know, there was multiple trades in that day, but I, I just was like, you know, every time it looked like it was going to crack or, or rip, like I was just there and it felt really good. And, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, that was a bit of a, you know, coming of age kind of uh, moment. Anyway, that would be the end of my second financial year trading. And uh, I would net 91K in my second financial year. So a little bit of a jump, 21K in the first year, 91K in the second year, not too bad. I followed that up uh, July, August, September with 27, 20, and 15K. Um, you know, really starting to feel like I've finally, I've properly turned this corner. I'm never going back. You know, only, you know, only way up from here, guys. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, in October, I had my first full month of trading loss. I lost $600 in October, which is not a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm an emotional dude. There, I said it. Uh, and, you know, that just whacked me a little bit because like, you know, I'd, I'd kind of grind it up. I rose from the, you know, the death, uh, you know, rose from the ashes. I kind of like started grinding away, started building it again. And then, and then it was like, Bleh. and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like it hit, you know, hit me a little bit in October. Um, and, you know, throughout the, it was like those last kind of week and a half of September, all throughout October, and then the beginning of November, I was trading really, really, really badly. I was just like, you know, I, I, it was like I thought I earned my spot at the top or like, you know, I thought I earned my spot as a professional trader and that it was just going to happen naturally. And I forgot to keep putting the work in. And it's so dumb. Like when I say it, I know it's so dumb. And I know a lot of people out there will be like, fucking this guy, how's, how are we listening to this guy? Why are we listening to this guy? Um, and it seems stupid as, but you know, I went away from the stuff that was working and you know, this is what happens. You go away from the stuff that works, you lose. You get complacent, you lose. You let ego take the wheel, you lose. Like that's just how this shit works, okay? So when I went back to what I was good at, um, you know, kind of mid-November, uh, I just grinded it out and I got my mojo back and, you know, uh, as it stands right now at this moment, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a streak and, and I'm sticking really rigid, ri- rigidly to um, a few rules. And, you know, I've got a little mantra that I say to myself in the morning before I start trading and I'm really focusing in on my why, my why, why do I do this? Why do I trade? Why do I want to be successful as a trader? What is my why? You know, I think it's very easy for us to get caught up in everybody else's whys. You know, like, you know, as good as Nick is and as successful as he is and as much value for the trading community as he provides, you look at someone like that posting $15,000, $20,000 wins in a day uh, and, and that can, you know, if you focus too much on that and you think about his why, it's really easy to go, oh, fuck, I'm failing, you know, Um with anybody else for that matter. You know, if you look at anybody else and you go, oh, look at their thing, that's their why. 
That's, they're chasing it because of their why, right? When I look at my why, which is, you know, to use trading as a vehicle to propel my creative endeavors, all I need to do is make enough money to pay the bills and to fund my creative endeavors, which isn't heaps. You know, that's my why. And when I really break that down, I don't need $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 a day. I just need to trade well, okay, stick to my rules, do my job and make enough money to fulfill my why, okay? Um, so yeah, probably for everybody out there, you know, just kind of what's your why? What's your why? Um, I think that's important. So anyway, I am, uh, I'm done with the little trading journey section of um, this. I am going to get onto these questions. So we're 20 minutes in. I'm going to try to bang these questions out in 10 minutes because I don't want this to be more than 30 minutes. Um, and yeah, we're just going to go for it. So uh, by the way, if anyone has any questions on the trading journey side of things, okay, um, I, you know, just hit me. I got, I'm always open, Twitter, DM, whatever, Instagram, YouTube comments. Uh, I'm always open to chat or break things down or open up on stuff like, yeah, please just hit me. Uh, so zone at six, hit me with a lot of really good questions. I'm going to try to punch through these as quick as I can. With music generally being a personal emotional endeavor, successful trading requiring a headspace not controlled by ego emotion, uh, was there an adjustment period for you? Yes, and uh, there still is. Every single day, I feel like I need to be adjusting because this brain of mine, uh, it's been, you know, like most people, it's my greatest um, uh, enemy. I am my own greatest enemy. Uh, Being an artist, being an uh, artist, you know, very hypercritical of myself, very hypercritical of everything that I do. Um, And, you know, that definitely does flow over into my trading. I don't have a super analytical, uh, logical, methodical brain. I have a very, I don't know fucking, I don't know how to say it. And I'm an artist. All I know is my brain just doesn't work like a person who you would typically typically consider, uh, you know, to be a good trader. At least I don't think it does. Maybe I don't know enough traders. I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah, I would say that like I'm very, very hypercritical um, and that does flow over into my trading. So I do have to be continually adjusting and and I do have to really uh, be monitoring myself. I'm always, I always need to be monitoring myself, whether that's journaling, whether that's my diary. I keep a diary, I keep a journal, trading journal, I keep a gratitude journal. Like I've got all these like little tools that I kind of need to plug in every single day to keep myself in check. Uh, and I think that is because of, the, you know, this dumb brain that I got, um, which I love, but, you know, obviously kind of makes some things a little bit more difficult than others. Um, so was there a community chat group that was pivotal in your development? Yes. Uh, I'm not going to name the names because I haven't asked those guys for permission, but uh, the group that I'm in uh, with Fabio and, and some others, um, those guys have all been super, super pivotal in my development this year. They've been very encouraging. They've been very supportive. You know, um, uh, you know the, the banter's amazing. Uh, you know, we all kind of got each other's backs on on down days. You know, we've all bigged each other up. Hey, don't worry, bro. It's all good. You know, you got this. You got this. It's just like being a really, really positive community. And they've, you know, they've pushed me to be better. Like I admire these guys that I trade with. 
that I'm friends with in this chat. Um, a lot of them I, ha- I haven't physically met, but um, it doesn't matter. It hasn't changed the dynamic. It's still a very, you know, really, it's a really positive, uh, uplifting and, and motivating environment that we've created in that chat. So yeah, if you can find one out there, guys, uh, find one. Uh, even if it's just get together with like-minded dudes, I don't need to know heaps about trading, but like-minded dudes who are going to push you to, to sharpen this, absolutely. Um, is there a trader that you idolize and want to be like more? Uh, obvious. Um, my boy Bag Dip, um, you know, trying to make bags like Bag Dip. Hey, doing big, doing big numbers, mathletes. Hey, uh, yeah, Bag Dip, pretty much. Not not uh not Longhorn or or Austin Mitchum or any or Bryce Edwards anyone like that probably bagged it. Um, what are your trading weaknesses and strengths? So weaknesses, uh, you know my 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 bloody dumb brain. Um, I would say that I, I get really I do get really gambly if I've like uh lost you know stock early. I find it really hard to cut my losers. Uh, if I've lost early, if I nail if I nail. So I would say the opposite is my discipline. Like if I nail one trade, I'll get off the computer. Like I'm seriously happy to just take one and fucking be done. Um, but if I don't, I can, I can possibly uh, fall into some negative territory where I where I start over trading. My match trading, my my match scalping is definitely a strength. I now feel that I have a really strong edge there, and I feel really confident. Uh, trading matches. Um, uh, I have a weakness in high denomination stocks. I don't like to trade high denomination stocks. I just never really got used to them, don't really like them. Uh, but I feel really comfortable in like the kind of like dollar to five dollar, maybe up to ten dollar range. Like those ones that are kind of thick and they don't move as quick, they're not as whippy. You know, you can kind of read the order book a little bit better. Oh, that's another strength. I would say my my reading of the order book and understanding the order book setup, uh, and just kind of like you know, just reading you know how it's going to behave. I think uh, you know the tape reading in there. I think is is a is a real strength of mine as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a weakness. I, I I don't have like a real uh real fundamental like technical understanding of of markets or anything finance related. Like I still at the end of the day have a really, really basic core set of skills, which is to trade the match and, and trade tape, um, you know, reading, you know, understanding articles, understanding is this positive or negative? Like, you know, I, I just don't, I don't have, I don't have those understandings um, that, you know, some other finance guys might have. So um, yeah, but I guess that's, that's on me for, for not, for not looking further into it. Anyway. Um, is there any books, courses you read in the early days? So yeah, anything by Mike Bellafiore, um, Trading in the Zone by Mike Douglas, uh, How to Make a Living, Day Trading by Andrew Aziz, uh, all the day trade, all, all the chat with traders stuff, um, especially the ones with like Bryce and, and Nick and, and I think Austin might have been on one. Um, but Mike Bellafiore stuff is Honestly, fucking, you can't. I can't rate it highly enough. Like the way the way that he breaks down trades. Obviously, it's not as relevant to our market, but that just that the way to think, just to think like a professional trader. Um, all that content is like absolutely off the chain. Uh, and their YouTube channel is going off at the moment. So SMB Capital YouTube channel. 
if you want to jump on there, you can literally watch hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of guys breaking down trades and just speaking the lingo and just talking about the mindset. Uh, and also Mike Bellafori on, um, on Twitter, if you follow him, he has great insights almost every single day. Um, yeah. What skill took you to the next level and how did you practice it? This is from Zone at 6 still. So this will be the last question from him. What skill took you to the next level and how do you practice it? Uh, that skill is tape reading. Now, I pra- you practice it by trading fast tape. Like you practice it by being in stocks that are fucking moving. Strong catalysts, you know, plenty of volatil- volatility and volume. Boom, you're going to get good. Okay, you do that enough, you're going to get good. So... Um, you practice it by being in it. You need to be in stocks in play. You need to be in stuff with a strong catalyst. You can't be in something that kind of moves like half a tick every 12 minutes and learn how that book behaves. You know, you just, you're not going to learn it. You need to be in the stuff that is uh, moving quickly. Uh, it's a bit of a fire of, uh, fire, uh, fire of bat- baptism, baptism of fire kind of scenario. Like you might get burned a little, but you, in the burning, you are going to learn how to not get burnt kind of thing. Um, I would say that learning tape is, or learning how to read tape and trade fast tape is the the best skill to level up your trading and have outsized wins. So match scalping for the first 18 months, I would make like, you know, I, w- I would have like a, you know, I'd, I'd win $500 here, then I'd lose $100 there. I'd win $600, then I'd lose $200, right? And it was that kind of like, you know, there was a, there was a consistency, you know, to it. But I'm not going to have like a $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 win just by match scalping, okay? Those those huge wins, those outsized wins, I think, in my opinion, come from trading tape. They come from um, like, uh, you know, mean reversion stuff, either either fading or buying a dip, but but stuff where you kind of like, you know, you, 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 you're actually reading what's going on and you think, okay, this something's going to happen here. Um, I... I yeah, I think that is the skill that is going to get you from, you know, just an average trader to like outsized wins and really, you know, um, going to that next level the quickest. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next person. So I'm at 30 minutes now. I'm just going to fucking push along, finish these questions and then be done with this. So Wolf underscore 021 said, what's made you focus on the mornings and do you plan to extend? Uh What's focus is the match. I just love the match. That's why I main edge. Uh, I love trading the match. Uh, I just find that, you know, with the ability to hit out for scratch, you know, with either surplus bid or surplus offer, with that ability, I think comes such a huge edge. Like you can, you know, Nick, Nick refers to it in the chat with traders episode as having a free look. And I, and I 100% think that. It's like being on the dealer button in uh, poker. You know, everyone acts before you. It's the same thing. Um, you, if you get the match, if you buy the match or sell the match or short the match, whatever, um, if you're buying the match, for example, and, and it's surplus bid, right? So the, the opening price, there is a surplus bid. You have an opportunity to get out at that price for scratch minus obviously comms, but you don't have to take a one tick loss. If you are trading something during the trading session and you have to you know, cross a spread or, you know, you have to hit lower or, or, or lift something higher, right? You have to, um, and, and it goes against you, you instantly will lose at least one tick, okay? You don't have that with the match. You can get out for scratch. 
Now, I think that's a huge edge. It means you have that free look. If it doesn't go straight away, boom, I'm out. If it goes, then we ride it, you know, and you've got that stop loss. You can you can you can push that up, the trailing stop loss. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I might go back to longer hours at some point, but at the moment I'm really happy just trading the match while I'm like just rebuilding my confidence. Uh, any particular aha moments which you look back on? Um, so I would say there were two. Uh, I would say that there was a chat I had with Austin Mitchum uh, around April and May in 2019 when I was starting to um, uh, find, carve out my edge. I was starting to build that consistency. Now, Austin basically said to me, I sent him a few of my report cards. I was having a chat with him. I sent him a few of my report cards and he noticed that there was a lot of really negative self-talk in the report cards. Going back to that thing I said, you know, I'm very hypercritical of myself and I would say like, I'll just berate myself, you know, I'll just be really negative, talk down to myself. Um, And Austin said like, you know, what's going on here? How long you been trading? I'd be like, oh, six months. And he's like, well, why are you talking to yourself like that? Like, you don't have to, it's a just, I, he said it a lot more eloquently, but, um, or elegantly, but, uh, you know, he said, you know, you don't have to talk to yourself like that. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's reinforce, let's be a bit more positive. You know, let's get rid of that language. You're only learning, you know, so be easy on yourself. Um, come with a learning lens, not like a critical lens, but a learning lens. Um, and, you know, have a go and build yourself up. If you have, a, if you do something well, build yourself up. Uh, try to get rid of the negative. So, you know, we had a conversation around that and uh, I took a, I took that away and I really have instilled it into my life this year particular, 2020, uh, in two forms. One, in my trading journal by, you know, journaling every day and saying, you know, if I had, if I traded something well, Matt, well done. I really like the way that you held that. I really like the way that you bought that level. I really like the way that you stepped in front of that guy. I really like the way that you like, you know, bid lower or whatever. I would talk to myself. Matt, really happy for you. Matt, really proud of, you know, your progression. Matt, you know, just and really trying to big myself up, really trying to make myself feel in control. Obviously, be critical of the things that I needed to be, but but instead of just being like, dude, you fucked up. That's so shit. You know, instead of being like that, I just was like, no, you did good. You tried hard. You're doing better, you know? trying to build myself up, right? So I did that in my training journal. Also, I have done that in a personal diary journal thing that I've kept all of this year where I just try to like, you know, write the exact feelings down as to not miss anything because I think it's really important as traders that we don't lie to ourselves, you know? Um, you can get lucky in a trade and, and the number reads, you know, positive, but deep down, you know, all right, I got lucky there. If you write down, no, I actually got lucky. You can't look at it in a month and go, oh, well, that was a win because you know, oh, no, no, I did. I got lucky. Um, and, it, and, it, and it forces us to really be critical uh, if, if we're writing down the truth and, um, you know, we're not, we're not being too negative, I guess. Critical, I mean, like as in critically analyzing, not, 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 not beating ourselves up. Uh, yeah. So... Here we go. Next question. So Ban Won't Play said, um, on a drawdown day or week or month, how do you stay composed emotionally? Uh, I 
I try to turn to things outside of trading. So one thing I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll analyze the day. I'll go through the data. I'll like look at the trades and, and I'll see like, all right, what did you do wrong? Was this avoidable? You know, uh, was this an oversight? Um, I'll analyze it and then I'll turn my computer off and I'll do my absolute best to not think about it. I'll leave it there. I'll go, I'll get on with my day. I'll go for a jog. I'll go, you know, go to a, like a boxing class or, a, or I'll go work on music or I'll go hang out with my brother or hang out with my girlfriend. I'll go do the things that fill me up and make me feel good at, inside and fill my soul up, you know, fill my cup up. I won't dwell on it because, you know, I think you can definitely get too bogged down in the data. Like I'll analyze it to a point. I'll figure out could I have done better and then I'll just fucking shut it down, leave it there. That's done now. Can't take it back. I'll just do better tomorrow. So that way I can like wipe the slate clean, new day, trade with a fresh set of eyes, so to speak, you know? And that's the only way to do it really. Um, do something that makes you feel good, that fills your soul up and then leave it behind, you know, get on with it. Um, yeah. Uh, I had to, halfway through November, I had to reinvent my pre, uh, my morning ritual to, you know, to kind of like reinvigorate the way that I was approaching my trading. I, I would just recommend doing anything you can to shake things up, especially if you're in like a long drawdown period. But uh, definitely be going back to things that kind of like keep you sane and keep you healthy of mind and heart kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Durian Gray said, uh, Durian underscore Gray said, what are your financial goals for trading? Where do you want to be in one year in regard, in regard to trading and music? Um, okay. So my financial goals for trading, it, I don't really have any. I kind of wanted to um, gross 200K this year, um, but that was only like halfway through the year after I was like getting on a bit of a roll, um, which I think, I think I've already done or I'm going to do. So that's like, you know, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I... Financial goals for trading, I don't really have any because uh, for me, uh, as I said before, this is just a vehicle to, um, you know, allow me to focus on, you know, my other endeavors, my creative endeavors and stuff like that. Um, So I don't really have any, like I I got debt free at the end of this year for the first time in like 12 years. That was probably it, pay off my debt. Uh, Now that I'm debt free, I, I, you know, I can, I can start to build wealth, hopefully, um, and you know, there aren't really any goals associated with that. I'm just kind of like taking life as it comes right now. I'm just trying to do my best every single day in terms of music. Um, probably same thing. Like I still feel like I'm in a bit of a holding pattern with both of these things with trading and music. My, my, my goals are to be a professional in, in both. And, and the only way I'm going to do that is, is by every single day being as good as I can. And just focusing on deep work with um, with trading and with music. So that's really all I'm doing right now. Is like every single day, I get up. Did I trade well? Did I work on music? That's it. Get up. Did I trade well? Did I work on music? You know. Um, yeah, I know that's uh, like a real basic way to answer the question, but I don't want anything. I just want to feel like a professional. I want to feel like I'm doing my job. If I feel like I'm doing my job, then I've reached, like that's success to me. Uh, there's no metric. There's no, you know, this or that. It's just like, do I feel like a professional? Do I feel like I'm doing my job? Okay, well, I'm, 
then I'm there, you know. Um, uh, how so, Dylan the uh, Dylan the Algo or the Algo? I'm not sure. Um, he said, uh, "How do you find a mentor and the pros and cons of having one?" Um, so, man, I, I you know a lot of people ask me this, and and I've got this like really messed up story where I'm super, super, super lucky and thankful that my best friend happens to be like a really good trader who was, you know, gracious enough to want to train me and mentor me and, and coach me through. Um, you know, I'm super lucky. Not, not a lot of people get that. So, you know, I'm not in a position to talk about that. I've never had to look for a mentor. It kind of got thrown at me. Um, all I would say is like just be really cautious of people out there who who want to be your mentor. I would say that mentorship kind of starts with a friendship first and exchange of ideas. Um, and to be honest, what I've seen, mentors will find you. I think that like if you're putting your best foot forward uh, and you're being, you know, you're doing your best, I think, a, I think a mentor will find you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in time. Um, you know, the, the quote, uh, when, the, when, the teacher, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think that is super true. I think, uh, you know, if Nick tried to teach me, you know, a year before or two years before, which he actually had mentioned, hey, I'll teach you how to do this. I'll teach you how to do this. And I said, nah, dude, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And even when he tried to teach me in 2018, I still was only just ready. But it was, it was purely to do with coincidence and, and my life. And, you know, I was just ready at that time. I was open enough. I was ready enough at that time. Um, generally speaking, you know, it just has to go like that. It has to be a natural kind of thing, in my opinion. Um, so, Oki Cox, I think this is Steve. He said, your your mu- your morning routine slash stock selection process would be interesting. Looking forward to it. So, dude, I, I, I kind of get to the computer. I try to get to the computer at 9 a.m. I will open the computer. I have a, uh, a, a spreadsheet that I basically, I have news, stuff that's been in news, uh, stuff that I'm watching, stuff that was in news yesterday, stuff that was in news two days ago, uh, stuff that's upgraded or downgraded, right? And I do that for every single group. So group one, two, three, four, five. Now, I update that list. That's the first thing I do. I go through every single stock on those in each of those groups and I look at them and I go, all right, is this still in play today or should I be watching this at all? Right, and then I look at the book. I look at the, you know, I look at what it finished on yesterday. I kind of like, I get a sense of like what's happening in the market. Basically, I go through this list. I cull what I don't want. I keep what I do want. Okay, and then I move it all around so it all kind of like makes sense. And then I go through the Spark uh, ASX uh, newsfeed, and then I take all the stuff that is in play, like all the everything that has news, and I punch it in. This is news, 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 news in each group. Right. I'll check, I'll check my email to see if there's any relevant stuff that I want to read. I check AFR. I have a bit of a read there. I have a chat to the guys in the chat. Uh, I, get a, I just get a sense of what the market is going to do and what stuff is going to be in play for me. Then uh, about 9.30, I'll line up in each group um, four stocks from each group. So at the bottom in my Spark, I have um, 20 slots. So four from each group, four from each group of five, Right. Uh, and then I will, I'll have the, so my spark is set up. So the, um, um, what do you call it? The, 
the chart is at the top and the depth is at the bottom for, for one stock and then there'll be chart and depth for, for another stock and I have that, um, uh, you know, two times 10 along the bottom. Uh, I will line that up so that in each group, I have four stocks that I'm watching every single morning. So in group one, I'll have, you know, let's just say APT, ADT, BWX, AX1, right? Group two, EOS, EOF, uh, EML, FXL, which is now HUM, um, you know, and so on and so forth. So I'll have four that I'm like primarily looking at each morning. But in my mind, I'll know that there is at least, you know, there's probably a maximum of like three or four that I'm legitimately going to trade each day. On a good day where like there's like five legitimate options in the morning, I might go bang, 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 like one in each group. Um, match scalp, match scalp, match scalp, match scalp, match scalp. Um, now that, you know, obviously that doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen every day, but sometimes it does. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what my process looks like. I get my tickets up with 10 minutes to go. And then I'm like really honing in mentally. Like I'm looking at the order books and I'm going, okay, what am I going to trade today? What am I definitely going to trade? And then I kind of narrow my focus. Like I just kind of narrow it into like maybe three or four stocks and I get my kind of pre-fill my tickets and then I just go for it. And uh, yeah, I'm just watching stuff as it opens. Uh, watching for any news to come through, watching stuff as it opens and just go ba 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 Trade the match like a demon and uh, get the fuck out of there. Um, so yeah. And then uh, i got one more question here, which I'm going to finish on. Um, Charles Dwyer 94 says, how has trading changed your life slash changed you as a person? Um, can answer both or either. So trading has absolutely changed my life, turned it on its head. Um, thank you to Nicholas, you beautiful man. Um, yeah, I, honestly, like it's it's taken me from a person who, you know, like I was kind of going nowhere, let's be honest. I, like like I was kind of, um, I was flatlining. I was, I was uh, what do you call it? Uh, when it? When something's like building about to take off. I was consolidating. Let's put it that way. Uh, I was consolidating for a long time. But yeah, it's, it's changed my life in a, in a humongous way. Like I, I feel like I have purpose. Um, it, it, not, not purpose, but it just kind of like, it just, it's the glue. It's the glue that my life needed, really. Uh, I work from home. I work for myself. Uh, I, I, I pick my hours. I work the other things that I'm passionate about around those hours. Um, yeah, it's just really, it's given me autonomy. It's really, it's just given me, me autonomy, which is, I think it's its most beautiful gift is autonomy. Um, and I love that. I love that. Being a musician, being a someone, being someone who likes to kind of like work on other pursuits, it gives me that power to, to do those things and not have to answer to anyone. Um, yeah, so it's really changed my life uh, from that point of view. And as a person... Hasn't really changed me as a person. I'm still fucking weird as shit. I'm still, um, I'm still a little bit loose. Um, it's probably tightened me up around money. I, I, I now that I'm like out of debt and I've kind of got money in the bank a little bit, I kind of don't want to ever go back there. So you know, I'm not as, I'm a little bit more frugal. I'm not as like loose with my spending and and you know stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of taught me a little bit of discipline, I would say. And just kind of like plug me into how the how the world works, really. Uh, you know, from from like a, you know, 
finance being being this tool that you know kind of is the lifeblood of humanity um so getting to getting a better glimpse of how that works is interesting from time to time um yeah so hopefully that answers the question anyway guys i have talked for nigh on 50 minutes which is a long time for me um I just wanted to make this one a little bit longer, kind of cover as much stuff as I could and really, you know, dig into as much stuff as I could. If I didn't cover enough stuff in enough detail, let me know, okay? I'll make another one of these. I'll make another one. I'll cover more stuff in more detail with better answers, okay? If I have done well in this episode, let me know, okay? Please let me know because I want to know. I want to know, did I do good enough, all right? So, you know, I can I can do this again or I could not do this again. So yeah, let me know. Um, did I answer your questions? Did I did I did I reveal something? Did I unveil something that is valuable for you? Uh, let me know down below, please. I would love to. Uh, apart from that, that's been episode seven of Slap Happy. And um, you know, I guess I'll see you guys next week. But in the meantime. Stay happy, stay trading, and uh, good luck.